0: Welcome back to another episode of Crowdwork Cast. Uh, Before we start this week's episode, I have one more week of shameless self-promotion to do. Uh, As you hear this, the Sydney Fringe Festival will have just started and it'll be just over one week until uh, my show. Uh, As I've mentioned on previous podcasts, I'm doing a split bill with uh, previous guest of the show, uh, Julia Wilson, who is a very, very, very funny comedian. Um, so if you enjoyed her episode, or even if you haven't heard her episode, uh, it'd be great if you could come along. Uh, we're doing our show on the 7th, 9th, and 11th of September at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville, 8.15pm. show will run for about an hour. Uh, it should be a good time. Uh, tickets uh, on the Wednesday and the Sunday, which is the 7th and 11th, are only uh, $10. And uh, we, you're paying a bit of a premium for Friday night, but it's still only $15, so... Uh, If you'd like to come along, uh, we'd love to have you along. Uh, Tickets you can get at fringecomedy.com.au. The show's called Roll Reversal, or you can just... uh, There's a link to the tickets on my website, andrewbarnettcomedy.com. All right, I think that's enough of the promotion of myself. Uh, Let's chat about this week's episode. Uh, This week's guest uh, is a a comedian by the name of Daniel Towns. Now, Daniel is... It's actually interesting. Daniel was one of... uh, one of the first comics I can really remember seeing and really enjoying uh, when I started going out and uh, watching a lot of comedy in Sydney before I even started uh, doing comedy. Uh, we used to A couple of mates and I used to go to a room uh, called The Mic in Hand, uh, which is at the Friend in Hand pub in Glebe every Thursday night. Uh, still there, still an amazing comedy room. So if you're in Sydney and want to check it out one time, definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, Daniel was one of the guys we'd see there quite regularly and uh, always loved him. Uh, and now, um, now yeah, now I've got to know him. Um, not as lovable, uh, I suppose. Uh, no, he's a, he's a very good guy, uh, Daniel, and um, a very easy person to chat with. So uh, this episode, um, from my point of view, was very very easy. Uh, he's just um, yeah, just an easy conversation uh, with Daniel Towns. Um, we chat about all sorts of different stuff, um, including actually his uh, his promising swimming career as a young bloke. He was uh, he was uh, very very. Highly rated swimmer as a young bloke, and uh, and uh, his thoughts on uh, what went on with the Australian swim team at the Olympics, uh, which is interesting because he had a, a fairly good perspective on it. But anyway, um, you can hear all about that if you just listen to the episode. So let's uh, let's get into it. Here it is, episode seven with Daniel Town. All right, new episode. G'day, buddy. What's your name? Daniel
1: Towns.
0: Daniel Towns. And what do you do, Daniel?
1: <laughs> I'm a comedian.
0: You're a comedian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, that's weird, isn't you, it? You should know that. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, it sounded like a good idea the premise of this podcast, and then because I'm talking to everyone I know very well. Yeah. It's just it does feel a bit stupid to start off with, but uh, you're a commit. How long have you been in the comedy game now?
1: Oh, I think, man, I, I lose track every year. It's either my fourteenth. I think it's my 15th year. So I've been doing it for 14. I started at the end of 2002. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy to
0: think that's 15 years, like that puts you in your 15th year. Yeah,
1: I know. That's, yeah. that Yeah, that, oh man. We're oh, getting man. old. What's that? We're getting old. Yeah, totally. Oh man, I feel it. You know, you see it. But I get told I look young, so there you go. Whatever. Yeah, I, mean. I don't. <laughs> well, you got a beard and you? you actually look like a man. Yeah, I've had a dad bod since I was about sixteen. Mate. Whereas sometimes I feel like I know my age, but I still look like I'm trying to hold on to my youth. It, I'm still <laughs> wearing sneakers and jeans. Yeah, you know? it, even if I
0: do that though, like I still wear sneakers and jeans, and people are
1: like, "Oh, look at the dad." Yeah, but you look like a man. Yeah, you do look like a man. Whereas I don't think I. <laughs> you do have a boyishness about you. Yeah, I don't think I'm a, like I look like a man yet. And that's why sometimes at gigs I make a point of, like if I do want to talk about something with substance, I'll always make a point of telling the audience my age. Oh, really? You know, oh, totally. Just because so many people have said to me, oh, I thought you were about 26. I thought you were 28. Because oh, wow. the lights on the stage make you look younger anyway. Yeah. You know, and then I just thought, well, I want them to at least know it's coming from a place of a bit more experience than...
0: Yeah, that does. If you're going to say something like that, um, you know, give it an opinion on Yeah, anything, totally. really. So there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, this young
1: bloke, why, why would I listen to him? Yeah, exactly. So, but then that said, if I'm doing all my knob jokes, I don't tell them my age. <laughs> <laughs> so you just
0: tell them, tell them your age about two-thirds of the way into the set. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm way too old for the first two-thirds
1: of that set. Way too old to be doing these jokes, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what did you do before comedy?
1: Um, I, well, I, went to, I swam. I went to school. I stopped swimming. I What did I do? What was my first job out of school? I worked for a real estate agency. Oh, wow. I was like the the, the property managers.
0: The property manager. Like now, like
1: their assistant type thing. So I just went around and did a lot of the op- not open houses, like rental inspections and oh, all that wow. kind of stuff. And just all the shit kicking, what, basically. What, what age were you when you were doing that? Um, what age was I? Well, I was... Old enough to drive, because I even had a little company car, which was pretty cool. So um, I would have been probably 18, 18 19 to 19 and a bit.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. 18 to 19 and a bit.
1: And there's people relying on you to apply for housing. Oh, mate, it was the best job ever, too, because I totally figured out how to scam it. Like I set all my appointments for like really early in the morning. Yeah. So I did them like on the, because I was out all day. Yeah. Like that was my job, you know what I mean? I was in the office for an hour in the morning and at the end of the day. So I'd, I'd set them all, I'd make all my appointments really early in the morning. I'd get them all done or I'd schedule heaps of people to come to the house at once. Because real estate <laughs> inspections used to be like one at a time. Yeah. Whereas now because of how the market is, like, you know what I mean? They'll go, all right, if you want to rent it, it's open on Tuesday from two to three. Everyone come. Yeah. So I started doing that back then. Oh, you were a trendsetter. Well, I just sort of, I just, well, I basically got them all through and then I went home. <laughs> <laughs> I went home till like half an hour before lunchtime and then I went back to the office for lunch for an hour and then I'd do the same thing. Like I'd set them all for just after lunch and then I went home again after I did all the inspections. Wow. And then I'd go back to the office at like 4.30 and then just kind of hang out till five, wrap up the day. And then go home. So bad. It got to a point where I was working like yeah, two hours a day. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Which now, when you consider what you work yeah. now, is probably
0: it's still too long. Oh, totally, totally. But yeah. um, <laughs> that's um, that's Because that the, the you stumbled on something out of laziness. That's actually what they do now to try and. Beat up the prices. Yeah, like totally. They, oh, they, and some... they get everyone in. So everyone goes, geez, there's a lot of people interested in this place. Let's make an offer of paying rent above what they want.
1: Oh, totally. And then,
0: uh, yeah, so you, you actually were a good businessman built
1: out of laziness. Yeah, totally. But yeah, also I think these days they're doing it too. Like they've probably figured out this is a much better way to use our time. Yeah. Because it was ridiculous. It's like, why am I going back to the same property six times a day? Yeah. Like why don't I just tell everyone to come at 9.30? You know what I mean? And like I'd do it then. And then yeah, it was just so much easier. I had you know? a
0: mate who uh was a property manager and um there was a story about one time he uh he used to use every now and then just used to use the vacant properties to uh to take a dump during oh, really? his workday. Yeah, just pop in, take a dump. That's pretty funny. Yeah. He's uh he, he said, as long as you didn't get too close to the inspections, yeah. it was fine. Like yeah, I said, yeah, a couple yeah. of times though, he ended up using like the um, you know, the little brochure you hand out. Yeah, because he oh, didn't realize oh, go in, not realize no toilet there's paper. There's no paper. Oh, that's so disgusting. Had to flush his own promo material, wiping his ass with bunting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be uncomfortable too, because that's all high gloss stuff, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's just kind of s- s-
0: smear. <laughs> You're just making the problem worse.
1: <laughs> all right, oh, that's man. disgusting. <laughs> so. <laughs> What area were you doing that in? I was like, well, the office was in Carlingford, but it covered basically up to like West Penn and Hills, Thornleigh, and then down to like not Parramatta, but you know, like Beecroft, Epping, yeah, even Dundas. Some pretty nice areas. Oh, mate, even it? back then, like especially around uh, like West Penn and Hills, and there was another part around Carlingford that was really expensive. Like, even back then, like houses were like eight, nine hundred, you yeah. know what I mean? Carlingford was a little bit cheaper, but then like Beecroft. And like they were a bit more. It's
0: amazing to think though, like back then you look at it and go, oh man, that's way overpriced. But if you'd had to bought it for eight or nine hundred now, oh, it'd be worth a fortune. You'd just be like, wow. And this is.
1: It's, oh, it's, I guess it's well connected because of the M2, but it's still a fair way out. Yeah. You know? Oh, you're
0: paying tolls getting in from out there.
1: Oh, mate. Well, that's the way we, before the M2 existed, that was the way we used to have to go to the beach, like oh, from, from God. Seven Hills Blacktown. You'd drive whichever way it was, the Cumberland Highway, then you'd end up going down through the back of Carlingford, across the back of Epping, oh, man. and then, like, all north ride and then you'd come out kind of where the M2 ends now. You know, I don't think it's Lane Cove Road, but you know the one that splits where one way goes to Ride and Macquarie Park, yep. and the other way goes up towards... Is that Pennon Hills Road? Then? No, no, no. Then that's, no, there's one... No, one goes to Ride. It's after where the toll used to be. It's like the first exit after where the toll used to be. Yeah, I don't know what that left road is. goes towards the coast and right goes towards Ride, right and but yeah, it's not Parramatta yeah. Road. And then, yeah. yeah, it was around there bloody hell. Yeah, so how yeah. long
0: did that take from Blacktown Seven Hills?
1: Well, to get to the beach back in those days, yeah, oh, I would have been about an hour like on a good run, and Jeez. then you know, we all got licenses in the motorways, and then we found heaps quicker ways. Yeah, oh. you know? can you imagine though, like now.
0: Now, if those roads didn't exist with traffic now, how, that'd be a two, two and a half hour trip at least. Oh,
1: totally. But this was also back in the days of street directories. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like even the first time I went over to the UK to work. Because like I find it funny here when people go, oh, we have got to drive three hours for a gig. That's, that's, that's too much. You know, like you get a Bathurst. Or yeah. a, but over there, that's the regular. Like if you've got less than a two hour commute to a gig, like that's pretty good. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like, I think if I'm, yeah, if I'm home in less than two hours, because that's basically an hour on the train, the walk to and from the station, and then the underground journey. Do you drive when you're over there at all? I don't, but sometimes they'll book gigs based around a driver. Oh, really? You know, so a lot of, the, the most advice new comics get over there, apart from work on your shit, is get a car. Get a car, so because, that you,
0: you're just handy for a gig.
1: Oh, there was one promoter who books, purely booked his lineups around a driver. You'd oh, wow. find an open spot who could drive everyone, That's, and then you yeah. book all the other acts in. But they had to have a car first. But most of the UK places, there's a train station there. So this was just the yeah. really little tiny villages or, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, hell.
0: All right. So you you obviously um, hit it on. You've been going back and forth UK yeah. for a number of years now. um. Let's go right back. You've got okay. the broadest Bogan accent, the most beautiful yeah. Bogan accent. I have no
1: Australian blood, FYI. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's yeah. what I was
0: going to ask. You you grew grew up in Blacktown?
1: Oh, Seven Hills. Seven Hills. I say, black, it's, I say Blacktown because yeah, no it's one a better punchline. Oh, well, no one no, I don't use it as a punchline. I'm quite proud of where <laughs> oh, I'm from. All but, right, um, people. Don't really know Seven Hills.
0: Now, just um, for anyone listening, next time you see Daniel Towns at a gig, if he mentions Blacktown and it gets used as a punchline... Oh, it never um, will. It never will? It never will. Uh, You'll never hear me. I'm proud of those guys, mate. You've heard it here. I'm proud of where I'm from. Name the guys who are those guys, though.
1: You can't... Oh, look at anyone that's been doing it for probably more, like, 20-plus years. Oh, not not calling anyone out? It's like people who use Bogan as a punchline. It's like, mate, you're a fucking Bogan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: So yeah, but you've got you got that great
1: broad accent. Yeah, not born here. Yeah, that's right. Where were you born? Uh, Germany. Germany. Yeah, yeah. My dad's German. My mum's English. So I was born in Cologne, and mm. lived there till I was three, and then moved here. My parents had the Canada Australia choice. As oh wow. I a lot of immigrants at that time. I don't know if it was like a Commonwealth thing.
0: So Canada, Australia, and they went Australia. Yeah, not th- fans of cold weather.
1: Yeah, I think it was the weather that did it. You and would have, and...
0: uh, you wouldn't have survived Canada. I don't, I don't know, know though, you. man. I, oh. You don't know,
1: mate. We did a gig at
0: Bathurst, yeah. uh, a few months ago, and then we were in like we we went from Bathurst, drove down on the bus down to Gosford. And you were wearing thermals. Yeah, skill, I wear thermals in winter here, so
1: what? Yeah, I'm well, <laughs> it's winter here.
0: It's like twelve degrees. You're in so what, mate? Now. I'm warm. I'm comfortable. They're minus twenty in Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then I think, what if I grew up in that? You know, what if you grew up in that environment and that was normal?
0: Oh, I don't think you would have grown up. You would have perished as you a child. I would have
1: just, yeah, because that's how I see it. Like, you know, my mum's British, and yeah. when she first moved here, like, she would have had British skin. She would have been see through. But yeah. you adapt to your environment, right? Yeah, exactly. So now she tans like. You know, she tans right up. Yeah. The, oh, the
0: English do too. I find the Europeans, when they come out here, because they haven't seen like sun of air intensity for yeah. a lot of that, uh, life, they just tan up. They get that per- perfect, even tan the first summer they're here. Yeah. They la- stay too long, they die of skin cancer. But if they, um, yeah, in that first bit, they get that beautiful tan because they don't, too. They're in there. Like they're in their mid twenties or whatever, and they've never seen a lot of sun, so they haven't like got the freckles or the moles or that. Oh, and they don't
1: think they need sun cream. They're the ones yeah. I like. Oh, yeah. I, I can spot them all. I was just over in Barcelona, and I just spent a week on the beach, and you can spot all the English people. You know, just loving I mean? it. Well, usually it's bad tattoos, really pale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they still got those sh- the the shaved hair with just a little bit of fringe. The guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah it's- a- that's okay. interesting. I think we're much more influenced by them though, than the states. Oh really? Well, yeah, definitely. oh definitely. Especially what I would realize because when I went to Canada, yep. like I was I did some gigs on Vancouver Island. How like, was that? I was awesome, but it's like 30 it was 35 kilometers from where I was staying, but because it's over water, it yeah. took me 5 hours. Wow. To get there. So it's like I had to get a train, then I had to get a bus to the ferry, then I was on the ferry for two hours, then I had to get a bus from the top of the whole halfway up the island down to the bottom. So like door to door, it was five hours Wow! to travel 35Ks. But the first night after the gig, I was out in the car park talking to like a New Zealand guy. And like a bunch of Canadians, and they were all laughing at the New Zealander because he was dressed like I just had on t shirt and jeans, yeah. Right? And they were all laughing and picking on the Kiwi guy because he was he was he was a hipster, oh, well, you know he? what I mean? But they're still in, and they're like, why aren't you laughing? And then I said, mate, if you go to Australia or England or New Zealand, like people will laugh at you for dressing like that. I said, like, I dressed 10 years ago, t shirt and jeans, that was the yeah. fashion 10 years, like, that was the main fashion. 10 years ago I said I dressed 10 years ago you guys are still in this stage of like big logos oh really you know what I mean like big branding on their clothes I said people would just laugh at you like that's just bro culture (laughs) like this is how everyone is dressing now in Australia and England it's all like he had the beanie on and you know the fashion beard and the skinny jeans and like he appreciated me It was pointing it out you know what I mean they just couldn't believe that other people dressed like that oh really they they just thought he was a weirdo (laughs) <laughs> because I guess because of the American influence. You yeah. Know, they've got all like the sports jerseys on and like all, you know, the big, the big yeah, big, the big not Von Dutch, but that kind of you know Von Dutch, Yeah, those there's kind a of throwback. <laughs> yeah, there's a throwback. But those kind of brands across their chest. Um, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Was, still. Yeah, incredible. still.
0: Yeah, well that's interesting. Did you get down to the States at all? Did you get in? That was the big debate before you went Well did, oh, fuck. You yeah. wanna we did do a brief update for Are we listeners doing about um <laughs> About, you don't have to go right into the full story about your dramas getting into the the United States before. And uh, and then let us know how you you were going to try and get in this. Well, I did try. I applied
1: online for an ESTA visa, which just means you can go in. And all I was literally, all I was going to do was try and cross the border. I thought Mm. I'm in Canada. It makes sense to try. I might as well try. So I've applied for this visa. I filled it out. Like, I don't need to put my misdemeanor anymore because I've got a certificate that says there's nothing to declare. Like yep. there's nothing to say. Ten, more than enough time has passed that it's been wiped. Yep. You know what I mean? Because it was such a small thing. And um, still they came back and it said no. Oh, really? It said, your application has been denied. Oh. And, um, it said that, and then it said, look, you could, this isn't a definite no, but you'll have to go to a consulate, speak to someone face-to-face and apply for a visa. Yep. Like so I have to do it the old-fashioned way. But I've rung the consulate here before. And spoken to them and they've said to me, look, we can help you get a visa, but it still comes down to the person at the border. So I always figured my best bet was going to be trying to get in, like not flying to New York or not flying to LA. I thought if I'm going to get in, it's going to be somewhere like yeah, crossing, crossing uh, a border. A porous border. You know what I mean? So I think next time I might try either Michigan or um, I I'll, I'll, I'll might go to Toronto and try to go down to Michigan. Yeah you know what I mean? go up
0: to um go up to Niagara Falls. Oh mate, I'd love to do all just that. Just walk across. Well there. apparently
1: there's a really easy spot to do yeah. it. I don't want to do it illegally though.
0: No no no, the, you you still cross through the border. Oh, okay. They've got the border thing there. You just cross over and yeah, yeah like, right. Cuz that's what we um I I was there in oh, 2005 so and we were we were up and then you cross over the the US side because I had a um I had a working visa cuz I was working in a summer camp there. Um, they were saying, don't cross too many times in and out of the States because they'll activate your working visa and you've got to start working within a certain amount of dates um, time from from the time you uh, enter the oh, first okay. time. And uh, and so I was really worried about walking in and doing that. And that was so easy going. Just right. like, yeah, yeah, no, you're just coming in to-
1: I find it really arrogant how every airport that you go to that has flights to the States, they've got a special section. Like that you have to pass through as well. Yeah. Like you know, even in New Zealand. Extra security. Like, yeah. It's like, fuck, so we've got American people on this side too. And it happened when I got deported in 2007 or whenever it was, 2008. Like, um, like at Brisbane airport, they were all there. Mm.
0: Deported's a hard word when you didn't really make it in, did you?
1: Well, I spoke to the because I, I went to New Zealand. Like I flew through New Zealand. Like it was coming back from a cruise. and Like I'd, a smuggler. I had to fly through New Zealand and they, I was asleep when they handed out the landing card, so I didn't realize that I didn't have to fill it out. Oh. And the last question on it was, have you ever been convicted, deported, and all this kind of stuff? And I left it blank. I went, oh, here we go again. <laughs> and I asked the flight attendant, I said, do I need to do this? And she said, no. But I had to go to New Zealand a couple of times yep. in the next couple of months, so I thought I better sort this out. So I, ra- I spent like an hour on the phone to the consulate in New Zealand and they were saying, look, bring your certificate, you know, bring, bring everything you've got. And yeah, look, it's going to come down to the guy at the border. And I tried to do the e-passport thing. And then the question comes up, have you ever? And I ticked oh. it. And then it says, all right, you got to go. And I had like a half an hour window to make my next, my connecting flight. And it's like, I oh, so I was sitting there again, customs office. And I was just talking to the guy and he's like, so what happened? And I told him the story and he goes, oh, mate, I don't think you should say you were deported. You were denied entry. Yes. And it's like, well, they said I was deported. Like on all their paperwork, it says deported. Like my passport says deported. So that's why I've always stuck with that. And he Your goes, passport
0: oh, says deported? Oh, they
1: wrote something in there. Like why I failed admission under some section. And they put this stamp and this piece of paper in there. Oh, wow. So, and that's probably why I got... They rejected it again because I'm in their... I'm in their system now. So even though like my record is gone. Yeah. Like it's still in their system. But the thing is, had I waited another year when I was younger.
0: It would I, never have happened. It never
1: would have happened because I oh. wouldn't have had to have declared it. You know, but I, I think for what it was, I was trying to do the right thing by being honest. Yeah. You know, but the good thing is this has actually spawned a whole heap of stuff that I'm trying to work on as a, as a bit. Oh, good. Festival you know? show. Nothing to do with being <laughs> deported. It's just like, man, I'm becoming radicalized against America. You are. I, I would never do anything. Like, I would never do anything. <laughs> I was going to
0: say, if you want to gain entry, the internet's not the best place to, to say like, so. to Look, I'm, I'm
1: never... Actually, let me rephrase that. I'm becoming radi- radicalized against what white America stands for.
0: Ooh, all
1: right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love African-American culture. I love the music, like, from jazz and blues and all that straight through to hip-hop. But just, like, with everything that goes on there and just the way they bully, the capitalism, like, I'm getting to the point where I'm, like, really, like, I don't... Like, I hear the accent and I just flinch. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, I'm never going to do anything. No. Obviously, but it's getting to the point where I really dislike what the country stands for. I'm not going to make a sweeping generalization against every single American person.
0: Yeah, the, the thing with America is, and this is something um, that uh, I'd sort of always partly known, but then talking to um, Dom Arera one time when he was out here, He was talking about, I was asking him about how he found the differences like between performing, say, in LA and here in Sydney. And he was saying he felt Sydney, Sydney was easy. Sydney audiences were more like LA audiences than some of the places he'd play, like he'd go in the South. Yeah, right. He said America's not, he goes, everyone thinks of it as one big country. He said it's a a whole bunch of little different countries that are all banded together. And uh, stuck together in a lot of ways. He said, like, there's there's more cultural difference for me to go to the south of, like, some parts of in the states in the south than there is for him to come to Sydney.
1: Well, he's New York, right?
0: Well, he's LA-based, but okay. yeah, he grew up in uh, Philly and started in New York.
1: Yeah, so he's come from a multicultural yeah. place, and then he travels here to a multicultural place. Yeah. Whereas, I guess if he went to the south, you really would have that divide of...
0: Oh, there's multiple cultures. Yeah. They're just not together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I which, guess it, which I say t- totally ignorant yes. <laughs> to whether whether that's the situation, that's the uh...
1: radicalized was probably the wrong word to use. Yep. There. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> frustrated. Frustrated. Frustrated is probably a, probably a better word. I, I do yeah. get frustrated with the way they could operate.
0: Yeah, it's it it's a I I can see your point. I'm not going to get radicalized with you because yeah, I, yeah, I, no. I'd like to go back there someday. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, it, it's it's. Because knowing the backstory of what happened, like basically, um, you were denied entry because you were honest about a very, very minor um, drug charge you had.
1: Marijuana charge. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, so, let's make sure everyone realizes that it's the lightest drug that you could possibly play yeah. around with. It was t- $10 worth, half a gram.
0: When you were how old?
1: 19. 19. Yeah. So.
0: And you went to the States, you were honest about that and were denied entry. Yeah, because they ask,
1: have you ever been caught or convicted? And I ticked yes, because I thought they'll appreciate the honesty. And then it says, if yes, what was it? And I wrote down like half a gram of marijuana. And at the time I wrote, that's the equivalent of about five US dollars. Yeah, no,
0: oh, but a, that's, you've shown knowledge. No, but, but They're was, like, oh, he knows our drug prices. Yeah,
1: of course. Well, no, I just <laughs> I know the conversion rate between Australia yeah, yeah. and, you know. No, like but they've,
0: they've looked at that and they've gone, oh, look at him. He's looked up the prices I over here. Like He's coming here, to, coming here to buy it and smoke <laughs> it in <laughs> like, our schools.
1: I wasn't talking kilos and pounds. <laughs> yeah. But the worst thing is now that, like, it's practically legal. Yeah, and, that's, like, that is the crazy it's, thing. Federally, it's, nationally, it's illegal. But it's, that's the weird thing about it. Like, in some states, like Colorado or whatever, it's legal. Yeah. But the FBI could still bust you. And so, yeah, could, so could the D E A.
0: And they've just um they've just re uh, like ratified that. They've just put the DEA have just put re um reissued their list that they do for all the demand substances and they've oh, kept, really? they've kept uh, cannabis on there. Oh, as a class A. As a class yeah, A yeah, I saw that. Which Mate. is crazy. like it seems to me crazy that you have different laws federally and state and different branches of government.
1: Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, but that's there's very strange. Prescription things should be class A. Well, know, some prescription things, and I'm sure they are, but there's, it's like the drug tests here in Australia. It's like what, you te- I understand that they're testing for meth and cocaine and ecstasy and all the uppers and all that kind of stuff, and even pot, I get it to an extent. But if you're testing for that, they should be testing for painkillers they should be testing for, like, Valium and Xanax and all those benzos because, mate, they're, they're, they impair your motor function way more than... Yeah,
0: it's hard to, it's hard to like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a big field, murky field oh, to Oh, totally. Into.
1: But, I've, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't get into, go too far down <laughs> this path. But, yeah. I mean, what I found interesting in Canada and Barcelona, though, it's still illegal, right? Like, yeah. It's illegal. But in Vancouver, there are shops everywhere, dispensaries. And, oh, really? Mate, and the police just turn a blind eye.
0: And it's like full illegal,
1: not, you know... Like it's full, it's going to change. Like, yeah. and it's in the process of changing. And I think they said in 2017, they're going to have a... In 2017, they're going to have another... And like, they're going to pass it. And they're just going to legalize it across the whole country. But as it stands at the moment, it's illegal. But you can just walk straight into a shop off the street. And buy it like you can in Amsterdam. That's crazy. And man, I saw guys, because where I was staying was like two streets back from their George Street oh, yeah. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, so it's been torn up to put a tram down the middle of? No, no but it was just like their main city yep. street, you know? Yeah. And like I was walking back through there from a gig one Friday or Saturday night and I could smell it. Yeah. You know, and they block that road, like so you can't even drive across it. On weekends because it gets so busy. Oh, really? So, there's basically traffic police at every intersection. Like, it's a grid city. Yep. So, there's, tra- there's traffic police at every intersection. Uh,
0: you know, you grew up in Sydney. That, that's, that's something that uh, fascinates those of us who live in Sydney. What, grid cities. Grid cities. I don't something, like them. Something that was planned. I don't what? like
1: it, though. I yeah. Like, I get it and it's easier to navigate. But I quite like the... Uh, the mystery? Oh, and the uniqueness. You know what I mean? Like, Sydney's a unique city. Like, Amsterdam's a unique city. London is a unique city. Yes, it's a nightmare to drive around with all the one-way streets and it totally fucks traffic and people get lost, but it also makes the place a little bit more individual. Yeah. Like, there's nothing worse than, oh, it's just just walk that way. It's the fifth right and then walk straight. Like, I kind of like getting lost sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, grid cities too, a lot of the time, people's address is almost the direction
1: to it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, but I saw anyway. What I was going to say was, I saw some guys like I couldn't believe it. They were literally five meters away from the police, and they were just standing there, just, just smoking joints. Holy! And day. I was like, wow. Like people had told me that the police don't care, but I didn't really believe it until well, I just saw
0: this. Also, this, it's one thing to be told they don't care; it's another thing to test it.
1: Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Well, oh, oh. I was never going to test it, but these people that lived there and all that, you could see it. And it was like, oh, wow. And the police saw i doing it. Like, they weren't...
0: And they just were like, yeah. yeah oh, they will be legal just, soon enough.
1: Oh, and they probably just thought, you know what? Like, we've got our job here. You know? Yeah. yeah. And same exactly. as in Barcelona. It was exactly the same thing. Oh, really? Like, I, I could not believe it. Like, I walked through the square and I could smell it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, I can smell it. And then I went and had dinner. And then I walked back through the square and I could smell it again. And I just asked a guy, I said, is this like a spot where people just hang out and smoke weed? And he's like, oh, no, there's a shop just there. Oh, wow. And it's like totally hidden. It just looks like a little black door and it's just got a little leaf on it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I Googled it and there's like over 200 of them over there. Oh, wow. Yeah, and exactly the same thing. Still illegal, but just...
0: Well, even here they're starting to... They're, I think the bad government's looking at um, the... Uh, the medical marijuana.
1: Well, it's, yeah, doctors so. can prescribe it now in New South Wales. Yeah. Yeah, so. that, would, that passed a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So I've been frantically Googling glaucoma symptoms. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. But hey, I look, I've, I haven't thought about this too much, but I don't know where... Medicinally, I think it's great, but I don't know if I want it to get to the point where it's like those other places.
0: Yeah, it's...
1: I don't like the culture that goes with it.
0: Yeah. I don't I...
1: like the street stinking of it.
0: Yeah, I, I I tend to like I don't. Either way, I don't. I just don't want a big deal to be made of it. I think you put too much energy around anything like that. It's like it's like um, like look at alcohol, right? Alcohol's legal and regulated. Yeah. But because it becomes, it's only a problem when it becomes a big, like there's too much energy around it. Like yeah, let's go out and get pissed. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, when yeah. people are too when there's too much. It's too much part of your life. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like uh when it becomes that 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 unhealthy thing it's the same with like you know everyone uh the the classic story of the stone or the wake and bake guy who just it makes you unproductive yeah like so i'm part i'm partly like you know i don't either way like legalize it don't legalize it do whatever but let's i'm kind of like let's just not make a big deal of it you don't want to be the city that's known for it because then you in like you sort of uh, you invite that culture yeah totally you know what i mean that's
1: But if you look at Amsterdam, the majority of the people that do it there aren't Dutch. Yeah, tourists. They're they're tourists, and it's because it's been legal their whole life. They know they can get it if they want it. Yeah, so so there's no appeal to them. Like it's like whereas here it's like oh, it's legal. It's a little bit naughty. Yeah, you know. So kids get into it. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the full legalization of it.
0: It's interesting that, isn't it? Like as you get older, you sort of go, eh, like- Oh, and
1: this is from someone who 10 years ago would have been like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do yeah. It. Let's just- <laughs> it, it. it's
0: funny though, like now, like to look and, I, and this is what, going back to your thing with the US, it, it amazes me that like literally a minor mistake you made when you were 19. Yeah. Now at what, how old are you?
1: 36.
0: 36 is so, causing you dramas. Yeah. Something to- that
1: I owned up to.
0: Yeah. Like, I could have lied. Well, that's the thing, too, is you, you tried to do, um, like, you, you did the honourable thing. Like, you know, you're told growing up, if you make a mistake. Own up to if, it. Yeah, you own up to it, you accept yeah. the consequences.
1: But you know what? I actually kind of got lucky because two years after that, when I first started doing comedy, I got the old Laugh Garage had a Christmas party. Oh, yeah. And I got caught drink driving. Oh, wow. Like, it's the only time I've ever done it. You know what I mean? It was stupid. Like, and I, and I was...
0: Well, Christmas time's the, the time like, where there's almost no booze buses, mate. Oh, yeah, I know. I picked, I picked my time. <laughs> I
1: was dating one of the girls behind the bar there and I must have had 10, 12 oh, you years. Were, you I, were killing it with all the uh, comedic cliches, weren't you? I, I drove her home and um, I just got on the on unre- ramp. Like, it was Christmas. It was double points, double fines. I was oh, high God. range. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I was... And he said to me, oh, you know, you're in a lot of trouble here. But because I... One of my other friends... A girl I went to school with, she basically told me I passed the character test.
0: She goes,
1: I must have passed the character test because I was telling her about it. Because I spent three hours like in the little holding cell lockup thing. Yeah. And the police, he was doing all his paperwork. And like I'm not a troublemaker. I fucked up. And I was just kind of talking to the guy. And, you know, we started chatting and like he saw that I wasn't a scumbag. Yeah. And like that I'd just fucked up. And then when I got to court, like I told my friend and she said, Yeah, you passed, she goes, You would have passed the character test because the judge totally let me go. And oh, like wow. it was the same thing with him. Like, man, I was just honest. Yeah. He, he goes, How do you plead? I said, guilty. He goes, Why did you do it? And I just said, Look, it was stupid. I got caught. I'm here to suffer the consequences of my actions. And like I was just honest with it. And, yeah. he let, and he let me go. And maybe maybe it was because he saw that other little charge on my record and thought, you know what, he doesn't need two.
0: Nah, I, to be honest, I think that the like, I, and I hope I, this is a, that's the way I think that it should. The system should work. But that one like, would
1: have kept me out of Canada as well. Oh jeez, drink driving would have kept me out of Canada.
0: Canada, yeah. of all places. Yeah,
1: and England. Oh, not England, sorry, America as well. Like no, if you can't keep drive. you out of England. you got the passport, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even even America, like drink driving, they take alcohol crimes very seriously. Oh, wow. So I'm actually kind of lucky that that one was the one that got...
0: Yeah, so honesty's killed you on one point and helped you on the other. Yeah,
1: totally. Oh. And I'm still going to be honest. Like yeah. when, You know what I mean? I'm still always going to do what I think is the right thing morally, unless it's a gag and then... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, play it for laughs. Who cares?
0: I um no, that's uh, that's interesting. So with the passports though, you've you've obviously got the
1: British passport from was it mum? Mum, yeah. Yep.
0: Do you have the Euro passport as
1: well? No, because back in the day, my dad had to sacrifice his German passport. They didn't do dual passports. Oh, really? So he had to sacrifice that to get an Australian one. But I get the Euro access anyway because of the British one. What about after Brexit? Well, that's going to be the interesting thing to see what happens there. But I doubt they're going to shut down. Well, first, it's got to pass. Yeah. You know, they've got to action it that uh, that Article Fifty or whatever it is, and then so there's a long that's a long way off. Did you
0: get to vote in that?
1: Yeah, I voted. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Stay or leave? I voted stay. Good. But then I've looked into it a lot more. Oh no. And um, well, here we go. Here we go. We're going down this path. (laughs) 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 The EU is an American thing. Okay. But it's, it's an American thing. And America said it's, it's not in our best interest for England to leave the EU. Mm, all right. And if, oh, I don't know if I want to say this out loud and have it recorded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, like in that sense, like, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Like, look, I've, obviously I wanted it, but mine was also for selfish reasons as well. So you can get the access and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, man, immigration's a good thing. It's the same reason I like it here. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? And I think people should be more, like, just because you're born somewhere, you know. No. Like, you should be able to go wherever. Like, the world would be better off if there well, was more. The
0: big irony is, is that a lot of the thing, and this strikes me, but the anti-immigration people, like, they're always worried about their culture or their whatever their country stands for, getting watered down because of immigration. The reality is... Most immigrants are attracted to a place because of that culture or that, like, of course. the values of a country are what is attractive to, like, people don't move to America because they think, oh, you know, I, oh, I'd love to, um you know, I really like uh, blue and red and I think I look good in those colours. People yeah. move there because... Which gang's white? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the biggest one. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> But the, the, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh but like the, the people go there because of the what's been the values that have been sold, so if you get like worried like and same with um same with Britain or whatever, it's like you know that great British democracy or uh, all those sort of the opportunities that that they see in that country, that's why they're going there not to change it no, of course so.
1: But- at least in America though you know how diverse it is from television because yeah. I tell you what the first time I went to England my mind was blown. Oh really? Do you remember that old ad on TV for Makona? Yeah. And like it was I want something dark and exotic like where you're from and then the guy uh, the the Yeah the, uh... the... African-English guy goes, what, Shropshire? <laughs> yeah. And I never got it. I never got that joke. And then when I first went to England, it's like, oh, hang on. There is a massive African community here. And not just African. There is a massive, like, spread of people. But it, the the TV and mainly the sport, like, everyone's white. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, at least with America, you get, you, you'd you know going there the diversity because you yeah. see you see on the TV shows, like, African-Americans are represented. And so... <laughs> They also
0: also pitch themselves as the land of um, immigrants, as a land of immigrants. Yeah, yeah, that's that's
1: true. But in England, like from TV that you'd get here, you you just get the impression that everyone's kind of like whatever the Downton Abbey was in the 80s. Yeah. You know, it's like you just get the impression that everyone's this like proper well-spoken. And then you go over there and you just see the division of class.
0: Yeah, is that because I've never travelled there? But that's the one thing people say there is that real class division. It pisses over there. me off, man. It really I, pisses me off. Doesn't you don't strike me as the kind of guy that'd be pissed off by class divisions, but it, uh, not it, with it, that it, accent.
1: It, well, it annoy. Well, it's always annoyed me here, but I, I never knew the name for it. You yeah. know, like because class and classism to me was never a thing. Like people just picked on me for being a Westie. Yeah, like. You know, it's always from the West. I was a fucking sc- sc- scumbag or whatever. But, like, I never knew, really knew what it was when I was younger. And then I got over there and you, and you see it. And I said, to her, like, I said to a comic, I said, man, you guys are so obsessed with class over here. And she goes, what, you don't care in Australia? And I said, well, as long as you're not a dickhead.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't feel it. Is, like, people, like, you know, people will um, make fun of where someone's from. Yeah. But it's not like a, there, there isn't that, it's not a barrier to anything. Like, no, you totally. Cuz people people will go oh westie or whatever, but that doesn't mean they're not going to have anything to do with you. Yeah. They they'll still it, Australians I feel are more likely to um if they if they have this idea of westies or an idea of a certain people from a certain place and they meet you and you don't fit that, they're more likely to just think of you as the exception and not care. Yeah, totally. Uh or just yeah, then and just move on. I don't think people are as obsessed here about
1: I've, I've, I've had, when I was younger, I've had girls, like, basically their, their level of interest in me has just switched. Oh, like, really? When, when they found out where I was from. Like, one time I was over in London, and it was Harley Breen's final night. Oh, and, yeah. And we were drinking at some pub along the Thames, and the, the rest this of my night... This is the Harley Breen I know. This drinking. is the rest of my night is shady. Like, I, <laughs> I moved into a new apartment that day. Oh, and good. I didn't know, but I was so drunk. Like I said, to, I sent Harley a message and I said, what happened? And he goes, well, I got you home. He goes, two taxis just pulled up and said, fuck no. <laughs> 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 and then he goes, and by the third taxi, you're on your way. But I went back to, I was staying with Trevor and Julia. Yep. So I've gone back to their place and I was trying to get into their house with my new keys. And it oh, was like the no. middle of winter and I couldn't get in. So I ended up just sitting out the front of their place. I had my hood on because I was so cold and I was just kind of sitting there like, probably passing out and then i've, w- I've woken up to two police like, oh wow lifting me up and i'm like well, what's what's going on and then trevor and julia came to the door and they're like oh it's daniel oh no no it's fine he lives <laughs> with us they thought i was trying to break in and then they looked out the window saw the hood and called the cops oh my god <laughs> but after that night i said i'm not drinking anymore but at the start of the night we were, drink- we were drinking at this bar and two australian girls walked in and they heard our accents and they came and sat with us and we did the whole where are you from and they were both from Sydney and Harley's Melbourne so they didn't really care what part of Melbourne he was from and they said to me what part of Sydney are you from and I said oh Blacktown and they said to me how did you afford to come here
0: are you serious I swear to God (laughs) where were they from
1: uh, like the North Shore (laughs) like lower North Shore and I turned to Harley and I said I'm so sorry and I turned back to him and I said look you guys can fuck off (laughs) and they went what sorry and I said look I've Listen to shit like this my whole life from people. What just because I grew up in a certain area, what I'm poor, I've got no money, I'm some kind of scumbag. I said, I'm out here to have a good night with my mate. It's his last night here. You guys can just fuck off. And they looked at Harley and he just went, Yeah, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And then they got up and just, and they walked. Yeah.
0: That's, um, yeah, that's, that's surprising because, especially too, because you look at those areas, even the well to do areas, like you look at the northern beaches. Um, there's people that live on the north, like, because it's, it's considered a more well to do area. But yeah. There's yeah. people that live over there. Babylonians. There's, there's people <laughs> that live over there who have just lived there because they were, like. No, they were born there. They were born there. They were born there and they lived there since prices, like, their families have been there since prices were cheap yeah. because they were further away from the city. It's the same And you go to expensive places down in, like, the Sutherland Shire. Well, totally. Anyway, Balmain, whatever.
1: Yeah. But see, my thing's always been you can't control the circumstance you were born into.
0: Well my grandfather was was grew up in Balmain yeah. and he was considered a westie then.
1: Well that was working this used to be the west. Yeah. Like I'm not Balmain but like this part of the city used to be considered the west. Now and then it's it spread and now it's the inner west. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: Now the inner west is the is the uh, the area you want to be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, cool. Yeah because fucking can't afford the east. Oh man. <laughs> Isn't well, it amazing a- though how like an 8k by say 4k block of like it's probably the east is probably eight kilometers wide from bondi to maroubra yeah and maybe four kilometers from centennial park to the beach yeah i think like,
0: they think anzac i think anzac parade's the great dividing yeah
1: up. but like it's it's not a big block of land no not at all you know what i mean but it's so sought after and it's so and obviously it's because it's coastal and, but it's
0: crammed too though
1: oh, mate, if i had that i wouldn't live. I, the only reason i'd live at a city beach is because it would be easier to commute to gigs yeah. But like dream scenario for me would be the Northern beaches, but it's just too far. Manly, I wouldn't want to live there because it's too busy. Yeah. And that's a 30 minute drive. And any beach after that is an extra 10 minutes on top, yeah. you know, and like I'd want to go at least Narrabeen and then that's an hour to the city. And then I the, might as well move back out to Blacktown. Yeah. And I was going to
0: say the Northern beaches too. It's like, it's the, pretty much, there's only a couple of roads in, couple of roads out. Like, oh, totally. you oh, yeah, really it's at in the style. mercy of traffic too. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah that's yeah. hard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'd go to live near the beach. I'm lucky because I didn't grow up near beaches. Yeah. Like, I love the beach. But because I didn't grow up anywhere near the beach. Like, we were, we lived on Norfolk Island until I was... Well, I was, I was I started school Yeah, just after we left Norfolk Island. So, I remember getting, like, when I was real little. But for the most of my life, I grew up right out in the country. Like, we, you know, the, the body of water we had was the Murray River. Yeah, right, the river, yeah. So, because I never lived near the beach. I wasn't ever... I'm not... Like that, you know those people that I feel like they get ruined because they they were born near the beach, they have lived their whole life. They, oh, I could never be, you know, never live away from the beach. It's, well, like, oh, it's A lot of country inside. That's you know. true, but I, mean, I don't know. There's just something about the beach. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love it, but it's not one of those. Like, it's one of those things. When I go to the beach, I go, man, I love this. I wish I lived near here. But then, if I don't go for a month, I don't miss it. Like, uh-huh. it's not something because I've never had, never been regularly enough. Yeah, right To um, oh, I love it To enjoy it Like it's it's one of those things That just never occurred
1: to me that Really? That I oh, mate, to if I could, it. I'd be there I'd be there now yeah, like, Even today? Yeah, even today Oh man, when I was younger And like I used to surf and all that stuff We'd go, middle of winter Yeah You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like only the hardcore You know what I mean? <laughs> only the hardcore Yeah, I used to love it
0: Did so, you surf or were you? Uh, bodyboarding Bodyboarding like, When I was younger surfers would have loved you And then
1: I started to get into stand-up as I, like, stand-up surfing as I got older. But then I also started working and, like, everything kind of fell off. Yeah. And that's why I look at if I still lived at the beach, like, if I still had the free time or I lived across the road from a beach, I'd probably still be doing that. Like I'm It always- is
0: it is one of those things, like, if you, you like, especially surfing, like, if you're going to do it, like, and be obsessed, you have to live oh, close. Totally. Otherwise, it's just, yeah, it's too
1: much, um, too oh, much and Just time. to be able to walk out and go, yeah, this is worth it. Yeah. Oh, no, nah, it's not worth it. Like the amount of times we'd drive to the beach and then just go, oh. Yeah. Because there were no apps. No, there, no there were surf no, cams. No, yeah, there were no surf cams. I didn't know anything about swell direction and wind direction at that time, you know. So all you had was a little surf watch thing in the newspaper. So we'd just take a gamble. Oh, man. You know what I mean? And, yeah. yeah. But if I lived there, I'd still be, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm too scared of sharks these days.
0: Yeah, you do, you do let your fears interrupt you, don't you? Don't you? <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. So, um, yeah, but you were a swimmer. So, when did you start swimming? Uh when I was seven. Seven. Yeah. And so, and you got
1: quite good. Yeah, I pretty much fell in the pool and won a race. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the what, what was your stroke? Uh well, pretty when I was younger, butterfly, backstroke, and the individual medley. Oh, really? Yeah. Individual medley. Terrible breaststroker though. Really? Terrible that was my
0: That was my stroke, breaststroke. That really? was my one.
1: Yeah. Oh, mate, I got, I've still got the videotape of it too because I dug it out. Oh, really? For when I, I did a show and it would have fit, but I just didn't end up showing the video, but it was like me. And it was a national meet. Oh, wow. I was like 14. And um, like after the butterfly and the backstroke, mate, I was body lengths ahead. You know what I mean? Like after the first 100 meters I was so far ahead and then on the breaststroke like Grant Hackett like just fucking mowed me down and oh, he's really? not a, he's not a breaststroker either. Yeah, you know, I was going to say he's you know not what known I mean? for his he's not breaststroke. a breaststroker either but like that's how bad I was at breaststroke. Oh, wow. Like he totally ran me down and then the last leg like the, the the freestyle leg was just me and him fighting it out like to the end but that's like people always used to catch me on that leg. like I'd go out hard because I knew wow. they were going to catch me and it would always come down to the last, the the last, last 50 metres. So who, who won that race in the end? I won it. You won it? Did, didn't want to say that. Didn't want to gloat. You didn't want <laughs> to say that until you oh, asked. Oh, it's a medley too. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's not like I beat him in a 1500 or oh, whatever. Oh, man.
0: So, so you, like, where did, where, like,
1: you're obviously fairly serious about it then. Where did you train? Like, oh, I swam for Blacktown for s- maybe six years. And then I went to Galston. Galston, where's that? That's like out, oh man, fuck! it's hard to describe. It's Galston, like you got to go through Castle Hill and like, it's, you know, New Line Road. Yeah. It's, it's that way, Dural, oh, well, you know, round right corner. There. It was about a 30, 40 minute drive, but it was a better coach. Like, so we went out there and I swam there for a few years and then I ended up at Toon Gabby. Toon Gabby? Yeah, which is shittest, shittest pool in the world, but a really good coach. That's you right. know, and then that's where I ended up. But also, I would say that I don't know how committed I was. I picture that like, you know, Rocky's gym. You oh, made it was bark. Rocky. Like the amount of times we'd be there in the middle of winter and the coach would come out and go, oh, the heat is busted, just so you know. And it's like, all right. So it's the middle of winter. Aww. It's like 16 degrees in the water. And he was a Aww. real like ball buster of a coach. Like you could get way with stuff with certain people, but him, he would not take shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it'd get to the point where he'd come and throw you in the water. Kind oh, of thing. Man. Like most coaches would just be like, just get in. And he'd just come up and pick you up and just put you in. Like he, <laughs> he was a real, but he was good. Yeah. You know? But um, I mean, I quit when I was seven and a half. <laughs> like I didn't want to do it. Oh, really? Like, I don't think any child says, I want to dedicate my whole life to this. And then like my coach at the time and my parents sat me down and they said, look, you're really good at this. You've had hardly any training and look how much you're winning by already. Like if you pursue this. Yeah. You could be really good at it. And like I didn't know any different, mm. so I just started doing it, and then I became good the swimmer. You know, yeah. like I would, my my peak popularity at school was always around the swimming carnival. Yeah, <laughs> is that your fastest? <laughs> what was what? So what? What are we talking PBs? We just had the Olympics. What are we talking like, like for like, what? For okay for the medley. For the medley. Oh man, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't like, tell I, you? because by the end, like by the time I got to like say twelve to sixteen. I kind of dropped off on that and it yep. was mainly 100, 200 metre backstroke and 100, 200 metre butterfly.
0: So what, were you, what what's the PB for... Well, the for best
1: those? times I could tell you to put it in any kind of perspective and I couldn't remember them would have been when I hit 13. Yep. Because that was the last time the playing field was even uh, between myself and my peers because I was really late through puberty.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to suggest doping,
1: but yeah. No, no, I oh, mean, man, part of the reason I quit In the end. Like, I went through puberty late. Like, I'd quit swimming at 16 and a half because I went from, like, winning everything except breaststroke. (laughs) 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 Like, from 7 to 13. Mm. Like, pretty much everything. And then all of a sudden, everyone gradually hit puberty. Yeah, puberty helps with the
0: breaststroking too. Puberty
1: helps with everything. Because, like, all of a sudden, I was a boy racing young men. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, And it just, over three years, and this is people that I used to beat by body length. Were all of a sudden, overtaking me, beating me, just and there was no way I could keep up. And then it's like comedy, you know, when you start to panic, yeah, and then the gig goes shit. So yep. I'd be in the pool swimming my swinging my arms faster, yeah. and then my technique would go out the window, and I'd actually swim slower,
0: yeah. That's it, a, because it's one of those sports, it's like golf. The harder you try sometimes, oh, the, totally, the, the worse you're gonna go because it is, it's all technique.
1: But it wore me down psychologically for like three and a half years. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't a sore loser, but Mm. it was just like, how is this fucking happening? Like, this is people that I used to... Yeah. And it just wore me down. And then also, I guess I got older and I I could never go to parties. Yeah, because you had to
0: be up at what time?
1: Like 4.30. Wow. Training was from 5 till 7. And when we were at Galston, it was 4. Yeah. But training was 5 till 7, come home, have breakfast and a shower, go to school, and then 4 to 6.30 in the afternoons every day. And then Saturday mornings. So 11 times a week I trained for like, yeah. Nine. How, how far were you swimming each time? Six six to seven Ks. Bloody hell. Yeah. Oh, hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's full on. Yeah. You know, and that's why like this whole Emma McKeon thing, like when she, when they weren't going to let her go.
0: To the uh, closing ceremony because she ceremony. stayed at a friend's place.
1: Oh, mate, I I sent, I sent a message through to the, the Australian Olympic team. Like, oh, really? I was pretty angry, but I like I worded it very... Neutrally, mm. but like my did But blame the Americans? Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, no, but my main point was like, look, I know they're young, but this is all they know, their whole life. This is their whole life. They have yeah. trained their entire life. They don't know anything else. I said, I swam for 10 years as a kid and I know that when I did it, like at a national level, we had one week a year to let our hair down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, man, at the end of, like some of the stories from those parties, closing those gigs, and we were underage. And some of the things that went on at those things, because you've got a bunch of people who their diet has been strict for a year, they they couldn't drink, they couldn't do anything that all the other kids were doing and experimenting with and having fun. So they finally get a chance to let their hair down, and they do. They just go mental.
0: Mm. I think Grant Hackett still does that once a year. Just you, you find him in the news. You find him <laughs> just once a year. He's in the news. He's gone on a bender.
1: But I was just really disgusted in the fact that they would. She's, all she did was not text a manager. Yeah and stay she was staying out.
0: And look that's it's worth like cuz I I understand that you know they're worried about security and her yeah and, yeah I know, get that, that sort too. Of stuff. But um that's worth reprimanding her from that you got to be more cautious you know all these people were worried about your sort of thing.
1: Oh look I said that. I said slap him on the wrist, sure. But
0: to miss a closing ceremony oh, in That's at what an I Olympics. Believe. Is that that was her first Olympics? Yeah. Yeah, first Olympics where she's won medals. Yeah,
1: four. Like Yeah, Yeah, no. I mean, she should be carrying the flag. Yeah, exactly. I bet you it goes to that pentathlete. Yeah. Just because that Kitty Chiller, Chiller. she was a pentathlete. She is a
0: stern woman, that Kitty Chiller, isn't she?
1: The best tweet I saw online was Kitty Chiller only made the Olympic team in 2000 because the host city gets an athlete in every event. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, favourite? Who was that? Uh I can't remember who it was because I just was searching her all her mentions and the thing that annoyed me the most about it was like for every person that was trying to present a case to her with logic and reason, mm. there was always some idiot going, oh, what would Kitty Chiller know anyway? She's just a south faced bitch. And it's like, you don't need to attack her personally.
0: Yeah. No, you know, you, you, if we stay on point here, yeah. you win the argument. That's what I hate. It's yes. like
1: people always take it... Why do you have to attack their character or their appearance? It's yeah. like, let's just stick with the, the the point. Let's stick with the argument here. The argument is her reaction was a little bit heavy-handed. Yeah, exactly. Some, you know, like, I don't think we need to call out anyone's yes. appearance she's, or whatever. She's well aware of how yeah. she looks. Like, I it, not... yeah. yeah, I just thought it was a bit unfair. You no, know? I,
0: yeah, I don't like that either. Like, and especially... in, And that's the thing, in those cases, that's where it's hard to a reasoned argument on the internet because if you're just joining in like you know comments saying oh this is unfair and the next three comments are about her appearance, then you're just in with the swell of... Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? That's like, It's one of those things where you go, oh, I kind of want to say something, but I don't want to be on the side of all these idiots all the that idiots, are, are yeah. abusing people for no reason.
1: I had a bit of a thing. Actually, this is the first time I've, I don't let myself get involved in online things Yeah, like, because I know how much of a time suck it is. I know you're never going to win.
0: Oh, there's no satisfaction at all. You're never
1: going to win. You're never going to change someone's minds. No. But there was some guy and he wrote something about how it was all young people. He wrote to her and he goes, oh, it's interesting to see how it's all young people and all the millennials that are supporting her. He goes, typical, a bunch of people who have no idea about responsibility, consequence or life. And I just wrote back and like he was talking to some one of the talk show hosts from Channel 7. He'd tagged Emma in it and Kitty Chiller. And I took them out because I didn't want to give them a million notifications. And I just wrote to him and I said, well, mate, I'm 36. And I think it was massive overreaction. And he just wrote back, 36, exactly, too young. And and I said, so you're telling me a 36-year-old has no life experience. And he was a grandfather. You know, like I read his bio and he's like, you know, he's a husband, he's a grandfather and like, so we had this. And it actually turned out all right. He's like, look, I get your point that I shouldn't generalize against a whole bunch of people based on their age and all that kind of stuff. But I
0: hope you finished it with, thanks, what are you doing on the internet anyway? (laughs) Get off the internet for the young people. Get off the
1: internet, old man. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, him and I managed to actually do it as a discussion, but I don't let myself get sucked into online fights.
0: It's, it's fascinating that you basically, he was calling you too young at 36. The internet's the only place where someone, you can be both too young and, and then straight away, like every, half the other people in the argument would just be like, old man, yeah, totally. 36. 36, yeah.
1: especially when she's 20. You know, yeah, She's 20 years old. Like she's probably thinking, why is this old man defending me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> why are these old men arguing? <laughs> but I said to him, I said, mate, I've made mistakes. Like, I've owned up to him, I said, you know, I've, I've traveled. I've, I've been to places that are way... Like, and I didn't want to say anything bad about Rio, but it's got a violent oh, reputation. Yeah. It's got like, some problems. I've been to places that are equally as bad. And mm. maybe being a tall male, it's totally different. You yeah. know what I mean? But at the same time, I said to him, mate, I've run my own business since I was 22. Like, to say a 36-year-old has no life experience is ignorant at best. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and then that's kind of where we started to resolve. And
0: if if you actually said that she's got limited life experience because a lot of her life has been swimming up and down the pool. Well, totally. But then that goes to why she didn't understand th- the situation she's in, like the the actual like his his point is, oh, look at all these people defending who don't understand responsibility and uh, don't understand um, the secu- the actual security risk. Yeah. Well, how's she like. Then the same thing is, well, why punish her really harshly for something she obviously didn't understand that, totally. that what she was doing was a, a big security risk.
1: Totally. But, I mean, the way these guys train and dedicate their whole lives to something, at the end of the meet, and not even the end of the meet, once their competition is over, yeah. the bloody Olympic team should say to them, here you go, here's a bottle of your favourite drink, and they should be encouraging them not to let their hair down. Yeah. You know, they get not and obviously within reason and being safe. But I don't know, like even having curfews and all that kind of stuff. As yeah, long as they're crazy. safe. And I, yes, she didn't text her manager, but big deal. Like, I'm sure you've been out and forgot to text your wife. Yeah. You know, I've had nights out and you, you know, an hour or an extra two passes. And you're like, oh, shit, I was meant to.
0: Well, that's the other thing too, is why not? If you, if you know, like this is, it's a predictable problem. People, young people, you've got an Olympic village full of young, fit people who've yeah. been training to a peak. Then their event's over. Of course, they're going to let their hair down. They're in a city that's renowned for partying. Yeah, totally. So they're going to want to go to the, the places where the parties are. Yeah. And there are obvious security risks. Why not? Like, okay, what's the danger? Oh, we can't get them getting out and getting in a taxi. All right, well, let's. Well, how are we going to transport them to and Exactly. From? Do it
1: like, like comedy festivals and go shuttle buses. Yes. You know, hire drivers to pick them up. All right, there'll be a bus here every hour on the hour. Yeah. You and know?
0: You, you just accept the fact that people are going to be people. Yeah. And uh, that this is what's going to happen, and let's just make it the safest way we can do it possible.
1: Athletes are people too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Athletes <laughs> are people
0: too. Might be a beautiful message to end this episode on. Oh, really? How long have we been going for? Uh, what have we got? Like just under an hour, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 50, 56 and a half. We minutes. only got to my first job.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well,. Um...
0: This, I know where you live, so uh, and I know your your schedule, so uh, this might be uh you might be a repeat guest. Yeah, a few that's alright. Okay, so, this would be good. This is a, a very easy chat. So, oh, that's good. So yeah, because I got yeah I got a bunch of questions I need to ask you anyway. So um, we'll do that for another episode. Yeah, cool. All right, sounds all good. Daniel's hands. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. No worries. See you later. Bye.